If you're looking for proven ways to take your fundraising results to the next level, you're in the right place. Welcome to the Intentional Fundraiser Podcast, hosted by Tammy Zonker. Tammy has trained and led thousands of nonprofit organizations to collectively raise more than a half billion dollars and is also recognized as one of America's top 20 fundraising experts. This is the podcast where Tammy equips and empowers amazing fundraising pros like you to transform your fundraising so you can transform the world. And now, let's hear from Tammy. We'll start the show in just a moment after a word from our sponsor. Support for this show is brought to you by our friends at Bloomerang. Bloomerang offers donor management and online fundraising software that helps small to medium nonprofits, just like First Tee of Greater Akron, a nonprofit that empowers kids and teens through the game of golf. After just one year with Bloomerang, First Tee of Greater Akron doubled their unique donors, improved donor stewardship, and raised more funds. Keep listening to hear how they did it or visit bloomerang.com forward slash intentional to learn more. Again, that's bloomerang.com forward slash intentional. Today on the Intentional Fundraiser Podcast, I'm talking with someone that I admire tremendously, Amy Eisenstein. Amy is a veteran fundraising consultant with more than 20 years of experience in the nonprofit sector. She's published numerous books, including Major Gift Fundraising for Small Shops. She's an in-demand keynote speaker and an engaging board retreat trainer and facilitator. She's also CEO and co-founder of the Capital Campaign Pro. Capital Campaign Pro services are a support system that equip nonprofit leaders to achieve capital campaign success through expert guidance, walking alongside you every step of the campaign. It provides peer support in a really robust array of tools. I'm proud to be one of the Capital Campaign Pro advisors, in addition to my work here at Fundraising Transformed. And lastly, Amy is an ACFRE. The Advanced Certified Fundraising Executive is the top credential in the fundraising profession. That's a really big achievement. Amy, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Tammy, and for all those generous descriptors. I only speak the truth, Amy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's jump in. Some people choose fundraising or philanthropy as a profession, and some people kind of fall into it. How did you get your start in the profession? Actually, I did a combination of both. So I was going to graduate school for a master's in nonprofit administration and management, and I knew I wanted to be in the top of the nonprofit world. And so I strategically thought, if I'm going to be the head of a big nonprofit, I want to learn fundraising. Not that I thought I would do fundraising for the rest of my career, but I knew I would be involved in fundraising. So I did take my first fundraising job on purpose. And at the time, I thought of it as like another concept of graduate school, right? I was getting skills so that I could go where I wanted to go. And I worked at this little domestic violence shelter in northern New Jersey, and I fell in love with it. And I realized that 
fundraising is what makes nonprofits go round. And I've been with it ever since. Yeah, it really is inspiring when you unleash generosity. You're allowing people to be the highest and best version of themselves. And where else do you see that? It's true. It's amazing, isn't it? It really is. Over the years, I've watched how you've grown your career and your consulting business. Your commitment to the sector, your dedication to the profession, and candidly, if this is a word, your unstoppableness. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think that part of your success is that you've made major gifts accessible. I think about your, I think it was your first book, 50 Asks in 50 Weeks. Was that your first? It was. It's now out in a second edition, but yes, that was my first book. Yeah. So it made it so consumable, you know, like major gifts in a snackable way. So your recommendation to small shops to block one day a week or 20% of their week for major gift work. I mean, you have this way of helping people eat that major gift fundraising elephant one bite at a time. And yet it's still challenging, right? For a lot of shops, establishing and sustaining a major gifts program remains pretty elusive because I think major gift work is important, but not necessarily urgent. Yes. Like a grant deadline or an event deadline, or we've got to get this to the print shop and get mailed by this deadline. And so for those reasons, it just does not get consistent quality time and attention. All that to ask a question. What advice would you give our listeners who just can't seem to get momentum in the major gift space? I think that's such a good point. And the idea that major gift fundraising is not deadline driven, it really is probably the only type of fundraising along with planned giving that is not deadline driven. And that's a major issue because everybody's aware that there's no donor on earth that's waiting for a phone call, right? (laughs) Oh, Amy didn't call me today. And so it is easy to drop to the bottom of your to-do list. And I think that there's a couple of tips or tricks, if you will, that I encourage people to consider. Number one is an accountability partner. You have to have somebody holding your feet to the fire. And ideally, it's somebody in your office, like your executive director or your CEO. It can be a board member who checks in for 10 minutes a week and says, okay, what is the one thing or the two things you're going to do this week to move the needle on major gifts? And I'm going to ask you next week if you did it. If you don't have somebody in-house to do that with, find someone at an AFP meeting or a colleague who will check in with you once a week. I actually ran a major gift course a few years ago, and I just got an email from someone who says that their accountability group of four has been meeting weekly for four years. Oh my gosh, that's incredible. It is incredible. I mean, it's amazing. So that's one thing that you can do. Another suggestion I'll make is to invest in major gifts and do something else that might hold your feet to the fire. So invest in not just a one-time training or a one-day conference, but an ongoing training, and there are a lot of them around. So ongoing coursework, but also maybe canceling a couple of events and saying, all right, we're going to cancel some events that we've been doing that are bringing in ten dollars or $20,000 or $50,000, and we have to make up the income in other ways. And I bet you will be surprised and delighted at how much time you have back from not doing those special events. 
and burning out your donors and your volunteers and all the things that come with special events, but then you do open up some time, but you have to stay on top of it, right? If you cancel the events, you can't then also neglect major gifts. You know, the last thing I'll say is to really be strategic about it. You know, at the Capital Campaign Toolkit, now Capital Campaign Pro, we focus on a gift range chart and we look at donors strategically and methodically and we go through them gift by gift, donor by donor. And that's what major gift fundraising is all about. Yeah, I love that. I especially love the recommendation to consider sunsetting some events, especially those events that really are a lot of fun, but have nothing to do with the mission. Guests yeah. do not walk away feeling more deeply connected to your organization, understanding how their gifts make a difference, or just feeling the emotion of the need and the solution that you provide because of their support. It's yeah. so true. And to your point, taking that event revenue out of those events and knowing you need to raise it through individual major gift giving, that does create your built-in sense of urgency that you so <laughs> desperately need. That's right. That's right. That's good. Well, Amy, you kind of tipped your hand a little bit about Capital Campaign Toolkit rebranding to Capital Campaign Pro. Why don't we go there? You just made an exciting announcement. Let's jump to that and tell us about the rebrand and why did you go to Capital Campaign Pro and what difference will it mean for those clients that you work with? It's so interesting. Our company, formerly Capital Campaign Toolkit, now Capital Campaign Pro, was started five years ago. When we were thinking about it originally, six plus years ago, we were thinking about it as a toolkit to help people with their capital campaigns. And we quickly pivoted. I know that is a loaded word, but we did <laughs> because we realized that most nonprofit leaders and fundraisers didn't just want a toolkit. They wanted so much more support. And we have been giving that kind of significant more support in addition to the online tools and resources and templates for years now. And we realized that it was time for our name to reflect the support, the collegiality, and the professionalism. And we're really partners with them. This is not a toolkit where they have to go and do it alone. They have a partner in Capital Campaign Pro to walk through their campaign with. And we still provide the tools and the resources, the templates and the samples that have always been part of the toolkit. But now we're so much more. As an advisor, having a more up-close experience with the toolkit itself, I can wholeheartedly agree. Like, first of all, those tools and templates and step-by-step -step guides are juicy. And inevitably, even the savviest of fundraisers are going to hit roadblocks or barriers or have clarifying questions. And so the support that the advisors provide in those typically bi-weekly calls with that campaign leader or that group, that committee, that team, I think is just really invaluable. So I Thank love you. that you've rebranded and it Thank is. Thank you. Yeah. Congratulations. We're, we're super excited. We're super excited. Yeah. So good. All right. So we're talking about major gift programs and obviously it's ideal to have 
a stable, solid major gift program in place prior to launching a capital campaign. You have personal relationships with people who have a demonstrated passion for your cause. They have a history of giving at any level, but they likely also have the capacity to make larger gifts if you put the right investment opportunity in front of them, one that inspires them. So how do you know when you're ready for a capital campaign? And if you're not ready, how do you get ready? Yeah, that's a great question. So my answer may surprise listeners a little bit, and that is that you don't have to have an established major gift program to go into a capital campaign. Now, it's ideal if you do. It's wonderful if you do. But I would say that just as many of our clients have major gift programs as don't when they begin a capital campaign. So honestly, if you don't have an established major gift program, a capital campaign is certainly a way to supercharge your major gift efforts. So back to your question, which was how do you know if you're ready for a capital campaign? So I think it's less about do you have an established major gift program and more about two things. One is, do you have a solid vision, a case for support, campaign objectives, things that you really want to fundraise for that will transform your organization? And do you also have the support of the board backing up that vision? So that's the first thing. The second thing that you do need is an established donor base. You do want supporters in the community. You want to be recognized as providing excellent services in your particular area of expertise in the community. So while you don't have to have an established major gift program, you do want some donors by your side before you head into a capital campaign. Yeah. And presumably those are individual donors, but also foundations who have a history of supporting you and loving your work. Maybe some corporate partners, you know, the community foundations, especially with the increase in giving through donor advice funds. It's really great to have advocates and relationships with those fiduciary organizations who can help make introductions. For sure. For sure. Like a lot of times they have people who have their donor advice funds there and they're saying, I really care about this and I want to do something bigger this year or I want to expand my giving. Who might you suggest I consider? Right? Yeah. And we all wish that would happen. It it is happening more and more. But I don't want anybody to rely on that. Right? You're building your donor base through board members. And hopefully your board members and their friends have donor advised funds. Absolutely. So it's part of an and strategy. Yes, absolutely. So I do want to say one more thing about How do you know if you're ready for a campaign? We do have a short assessment on the Capital Campaign Pro website, capitalcampaignpro.com slash assess. And it's a series of questions that you can ask yourself and your team and determine how ready you are for a capital campaign. Awesome. We will include that link in the show notes so people can access it really quickly and easily. Thank you. Yeah. So, Amy, here in the U.S. and, of course, around the world, the economy is not great. (laughs) There's a lot of fear or at least unease about what's ahead for us. Is it wise for organizations to consider launching capital campaigns now 
And if not, how can they best use this time to prepare for a campaign when economic conditions are better? That's such a great question. And I think it's something that's on so many people's minds right now. We are recommending that people continue with their planning, that you should not put the brakes on your capital campaign unless for some reason there's been a change in need for your services, right? If you need to grow, if more people need your services, if you're as relevant as ever, then you should not let an economic downturn stop your planning and launching a capital campaign. First of all, I want to remind listeners that a capital campaign spans multiple years, is generally three years on average. And so the chances are that we will not be in a recession or a down economic time at various phases of your campaign. If you wait to plan your campaign or launch your campaign until things are booming, six or 12 months later, the economy may have changed again just as you're ready to ask for the biggest gift. So I don't let the economy worry me too much. I think if you ask a donor and their response is the economy is uncertain, my response is, okay, what can you commit to now? And a year from now, can we come back to you and see if things have changed and you can reconsider because this is a multi-year fundraising effort. So it will span ups and downs. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. First T of Greater Akron needed to switch from an outdated donor management system to something more user-friendly. With Bloomerang, they found that and more. Here's Executive Director Josh Smith sharing what he likes about Bloomerang. We love Bloomerang because it's so, like, it's very user-friendly. We're able to do more because our daily tasks of thanking donors and sending thank you notes have been cut more than half because of Bloomerang. Year over year, we have raised more funds, so obviously I think Bloomerang's been a, a huge part of that. By investing in a donor management system that they actually love using, First Tee of Greater Akron was able to raise more funds and continue creating lasting change in their community. To listen to the full interview with First Tee of Greater Akron, visit bloomerang.com forward slash intentional or click the link in the show notes. The last thing I'll say about this is that at the beginning of COVID, a lot of people put the brakes on their campaigns, right? Because so much was uncertain. Nobody knew what was coming. And three years later, the organizations that were brave enough to continue are finished with their campaigns. Yeah. The organizations that got nervous and put the brakes on, they're just getting started. So I don't like to let uncertain times get in the way of my fundraising. I agree. It's about impact. And often in tough economic times, depending on your mission, the need is even greater. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, we saw in the giving year 2020, after the pandemic broke, if you will, in March, a year later, we saw the biggest increase in giving in the history. It was like a 7% increase, according to the Giving USA data. Yes. So, yeah, we just can't decide for people. Such good advice. So talk with us about the latest and greatest tools and technology 
to support capital campaign fundraising now, especially in this semi-virtual hybrid world? Yes, I think that's a great question. When we started Capital Campaign Toolkit, which of course is now Capital Campaign Pro, we started as a virtual campaign consulting company, which was totally unheard of pre-pandemic. But we thought that Zoom or video chat was effective and efficient, and we wanted to leverage technology to be as effective and efficient and affordable as possible. And so whether we're thinking of specifically fundraising tools or tools like Zoom, which we discovered during the pandemic that you can ask for major gifts over Zoom, you should absolutely do that. And I think now that thing, you know, people are back to pre-pandemic patterns and in-person meetings, and I think that Zoom, for example, is another tool in the fundraiser's toolkit, and we don't have to wait to be in the same city as our donors to have a meeting with them. When we can meet in person, great. That's wonderful. Do that. Have that face-to-face connection. But remember that Zoom is effective. It's efficient. It lets you see 10 donors in a day. And so use the tools that are at your disposal. Calendly is another one that we use for scheduling. Now, would I use that with my biggest, biggest donors to send them a Calendly link? No, probably not. But For committee meetings, there's some tool where everybody can put their schedules in at once. I can't think of the name of it. Doodle something. Oh, Doodle Poll, right? Doodle Poll. Doodle Poll, right. So there's a zillion apps and services out there that will make your fundraising life and your time, which honestly, time is the most important fundraiser asset and resource. And so anything that you can do to be more efficient will help you be more effective. And I feel like donors have the same considerations. For the major donors that I've worked with, time is more precious than money for most of them. Yes. And so the fact that they don't have to travel for us to meet at the coffee shop or the restaurant, although that's lovely sometimes, but to your point, the efficiency, we just made the world a whole lot smaller. Yes. Yes. I think that's true. I mean, I can be sitting here in New Jersey and you can be sitting in Michigan and here we are having a conversation and it's like we're in the same room. Exactly. I love it. Yeah. So that that's absolutely a great tool. And you mentioned some other tools that are truly real assets in a fundraiser's toolbox. Earlier in your intro, I mentioned your unstoppableness. (laughs) And if that's not a word, it really should be. I'm going to do a campaign to (laughs) get that into Merriam-Webster's dictionary. You know, one example is how you convinced marketing guru Seth Godin to sit down with you in an interview, not once, but twice. Tell us how you pulled that off. I think it's such a great story and such a great example of thinking big and being tenacious. Yes. I think that there is a lesson in that for fundraisers. So thank you for bringing it up. And the reality is, I just asked. And, you know, it wasn't a quick or easy yes, but I was persistent and I was creative. And so, you know, the first time I asked, 
he put me off and he said, well, check in closer to the date. And I think he assumed I'd forget. (laughs) And a week before I checked in, he said, I still don't know my schedule. He put me off again two days later before the time of when we were both going to be in the same city at the same time in the same place. I asked again. He said, yep, I'll give you 45 minutes. And, you know, so I was persistent and I just asked. The second time I interviewed Seth Godin, it was a little tougher. I have to admit, he said no a few times. And I said, well, what if we did this? And how about that? And what if we thought of it this way? And I think it's a perfect example of what we need to do with donors. No doesn't mean no, right? So we just have to think, or certainly maybe doesn't mean no. And that's what he was giving me. And I was just persistent. And ask for what you want. You never know, right? You won't get anything you don't ask for. Absolutely. I mean, that's a truism. You don't ask, you won't get. Yeah, so good. Amy, what predictions, parting wisdom, insight, or encouragement would you like to share with our audience as we start to wrap up our conversation today? I guess it's that I'm really optimistic about the future. And I think there's always two ways that you can look at the world, right? We talk about the cliche of the glass half full or half empty. And I think people can look at the same situation, the economy, and say, you know what? It's terrible or it's going up or people are wealthier than they've ever been. I mean, you can look at things in any direction, and it's all about attitude and mindset. The more you can do to provide light in the world and encouragement and look at things in a positive way, the better off you, your clients, and your organization will be. Yeah, agreed. I mean, positivity is magnetic. In fact, we did an episode the second week in January on the Intentional Fundraiser podcast about the world's largest scientific study of happiness. And people want to be with people who are happy, who are magnetic. Not that we're Pollyanna or put our head in the sand about issues, but we are resourceful. We look for the positives. We navigate. And people like that. Oh, I love it. I'm going to go back and listen to that episode. Yeah, so good. So good. All right, Amy, at the end of each episode of the Intentional Fundraiser podcast, I'd like to ask a few rapid fire questions to give even more value to our listeners. Are you game? I'm game. I'm ready. All right, (laughs) let's go. So first question, what's the best fundraising advice you've ever been given? No doesn't mean no. It simply means not today and continue the conversation. I think there's a second piece I want to jump in with, and that is that The richest people in the world take on and off their pants one leg at a time, just like you do. Yes, it's so true. Next question, what book do you recommend to our audience and why? So there's so many to choose from, but if I have to pick one right now, it is definitely How to Train Your Board and Everyone Else to Raise Money by Andrea Kilstead and Andy Robinson. It is a wonderful training tool if you are going to have a board retreat or just wanting to train your board members on how to raise money. Yeah, I have that book. It's just full of exercises. I mean, it's incredible. It's like your biggest problem will be which exercise do I do to make our board members where we want them to go? 
We will include a link to that book in the show notes for sure. What are the three most important traits a successful fundraising professional must possess? Listening. I could say listening, listening, listening as my three, but I'll say listening, persistence and follow-up as one, and organization, being organized. Love it. What's your favorite fundraising tool or application? I think these days I'm going to go with Zoom. And I know that's a crazy thing to say, but we have been using Zoom so successfully pre-pandemic, post-pandemic, during the pandemic to stay connected, to stay engaged, to talk with people face-to-face when we can't be in the same room. So maybe that's a cheat, but that's my number one fundraising tool. I think that's a great choice. Well, how about your favorite conference? And I know this is tricky because you speak at a lot of them and, you know, like we love all our children the same. (laughs) Yes. Which one is your favorite? Yes. It's actually not a hard choice. I'm going to go with AFP. I have to say it's a conference that I've been speaking at for 15 years and going to for 20 years or more. And While it's not specific and targeted in any one area of fundraising, like a planned giving conference might be or a direct mail conference might be, I think it does have something for everyone. And I always come away with nuggets in the sessions that I get to attend, even when I'm not speaking. And I've met the most wonderful people and colleagues including you. That's right. That is how we met. I think it is how we met. It's an opportunity to see fundraisers from all over the country and all over the world year after year after year. So if you can get to the conference in New Orleans this year, I will be doing a pre-con session on campaigns and a breakout session. So I'd love to see you there. Very good. So AFP ICON is scheduled for April 16th through the 18th this year in amazing New Orleans. And I'll be speaking as well. I'm not doing one of the pre-conference sessions, but I'm definitely doing a session during the conference. So Amy and I want to see you. Yes. <laughs> come, come find us. Last question. Knowing what you know about fundraising, what advice would you give your younger self just getting started in the profession? Yeah, it's such a good question. And, you know, hindsight is always twenty twenty, and wisdom comes with age. But I wish I was a braver fundraiser in my youth. I wish I would have just asked for things that we needed and shared more about what was going on at the organization in terms of not beating around the bush and just saying, this is what $10,000 would enable us to do. So Be brave and just ask for what you need. Oh, love it. I could own that too, just to be braver. But, you know, one of my favorite quotes is, no one can go back and make a brand new start, but anyone can start now and make a brand new ending. So let's just start today being braver. Yes, I love that. I'm in. All right. Thank you for joining us, Amy. You've been incredible as always. Thank you so much for having me, Tammy. It's a pleasure. If you want to learn more about the incredible Amy Eisenstein or the Capital Campaign Pro services, we've included links in today's show notes. You'll also find links to the other resources that we've talked about today. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Intentional Fundraiser podcast. Keep on transforming your fundraising so you can transform the world.
And now for a final word from our sponsor. Thank you to our friends at Bloomerang for supporting this episode. If you'd like to learn more about how Bloomerang can help your nonprofit acquire, retain, and engage donors, or learn how First Tea of Greater Akron doubled their unique donors, improved donor stewardship, and raised more funds in the first year with Bloomerang, head over to bloomerang.com forward slash intentional or click the link in the show notes. The Intentional Fundraiser Podcast is a fundraising transformed original. It's hosted by me, Tammy Zonker, founder and president of Fundraising Transformed, where we help equip and empower fundraisers, nonprofit leaders, and board members to transform their fundraising so they can transform the world. Visit fundraisingtransform.com slash podcast to subscribe to this podcast and subscribe to my newsletter to get fundraising lessons, tools, and helpful resources delivered straight to your inbox each month. If you want my help with taking your fundraising to the next level, become a member of my Fundraising Transformers community as a growth member and join me live each month where I'll teach you the same strategies I use to lead, train, and coach thousands of nonprofits, social service organizations, healthcare foundations, private schools, colleges, and universities to collectively raise more than a half billion dollars including a single gift of $27.1 million. As a member, you can participate in my Ask Me Anything sessions every month and get answers to your burning questions. Chat with other growth members inside our private and safe online community about what you're working on, struggling with, and share lessons learned. And get instant access to my growing library of on-demand self-paced training classes. New content is added every single month. Learn more about becoming a member at fundraisingtransform.com slash growth. Talk soon.